When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dramatically. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. Welcome to Nothing Personal Dramatically. That's a great word of the day. And it was spoken by John Angelos, the owner of the Baltimore Orioles. There's got to be something in the water in the Baltimore, D.C. area. I love that area. I love going to that area. I love running in D.C., all the monuments and so many great people live in Baltimore. Camden Yards used to be the best ballpark in Major League Baseball. Cal Ripken, the team. John Angelos has really done a mitzvah for me and nothing personal. Because once Danny Boy sold the Commanders, I was worried. What are we going to talk about in that area? And John Angelos, you have filled that bucket for me. Yesterday, he did something that will have implications for the next three years. That's how serious it is when John Angelos said, while answering a question, that in order to keep his team together, he is going to have to raise ticket prices dramatically. Let me give you some background into the Baltimore Orioles and their team this year. And people saying that they're ahead of schedule to be the best team in the American League. They have a great young core. They're good at everything, great at nothing, bad at nothing. The Tampa Bay Rays have been beset with injuries and other issues. The Yankees and Red Sox are the Yankees and Red Sox and the Blue Jays have not performed to the level that we thought they would. And so the Orioles have taken advantage and have the best record in the American League with a bunch of players who you may not have heard of, but you should. From Gunnar Henderson, and we talked about his cycle, the great catcher, one of the best catchers in baseball. And here's the thing about the Orioles players. When you rebuild, which the Orioles did, they went through all those years of 100 lost seasons. Do they know what they're doing? They hired the GM, Mike Elias, and guess what? Their rebuild is working. When you rebuild the team, and you really do it, and you get commitment from ownership to really do it, you're gonna have those painful years. The Cubs went through it, the Astros went through it, the Orioles are going through it. You really need to go through it, and sometimes you come out on the other side, and sometimes you're the Philadelphia 76ers, and you never come out on the other side. Or the Kansas City Royals, you never come out on the other side. This year, all of these young players are performing collectively well enough to actually be a team. Nothing but positive. No distractions except off the field. The off the field distractions are all self-inflicted. 
I differentiate between those distractions because some distractions, there's nothing you can do. Sometimes your players do things you can't control. The Tampa Bay Rays cannot control the Tommy Johns. Believe it or not, they can't control the Wander Franco distraction. Self-inflicted distractions are things that owners or presidents do that cause attention to be taken off the field instead of on the field when you're doing something that you don't need to be doing, but you're doing it for a reason that defies logic. The Baltimore Orioles have a lease that expires at Orioles Park at Camden Yards. They've got to get something done by the end of December. The Rays still have a couple of years. The A's still have till past January to figure out their revenue sharing. And they still have a couple of years left at the Coliseum. The Orioles have got to get their situation figured out by the end of December. That's soon, I grant you. The Orioles have been fighting with the Nationals over their TV network mass and, and what rights fees the Nationals need and deserve to get paid. It's been in and out of courts for years. The Angelos family suing each other because their dad, Peter Angelos, is no longer able to communicate or function. And the two sons and the mother could not get their act together. All of these things have taken place and have caused all of these off the field articles, distractions. When that's happening and your team is losing a hundo, I like it. Let's focus on the fact that we're dysfunctional. Let's focus on the fact that we're litigious. God knows we made all our money as a family by being asbestos attorneys. But let's not focus on the fact that we're losing. But the minute you start winning and you can feel when that's coming because you start winning, that's when a good team president or a good owner cuts off every unneeded distraction. John Angelos has proven unable to do that. First, the Kevin Brown distraction. It just happened. Suspended their broadcaster for two weeks for nothing. Why? John Angelos, after that, he had sat down and talked about the Orioles, the lease, the ballpark, and volunteered to open the books to show that they're losing money. That's a David Sampson play, and I dig it, but you better do it. We showed a writer our books one time for the Miami Herald. I sat with him and went through when Deadspin had leaked the Marlins financials, and it was only a snapshot and not a full explanation. Tried to explain EBITDA, tried to explain cash flow, operating income, debt. But when you're an owner of a team or a president, I think we can all agree, you have an uphill battle to climb to convince anyone that what you're saying is true. Because the way everybody looks at billionaires which they perceive all owners are because they own something that's worth a billion. You are starting from behind the eight ball. It is almost impossible to be beloved. And that is in owner etiquette school. They're taught when they buy a team, you're not going to be popular. If you win, it's expected. If you lose, you're hated. If your payroll is high, it should be higher. 
If you trade a player, you should have acquired two players. We're taught this, we get it. Either you develop thick skin or you don't. Either you become petty or you don't. When you make a promise that you're gonna do something, do it or don't make the promise. Understand timing. Have people around you who are willing to actually convince you and that you're willing to be convinced about when to say what and to who. So few owners do that because they wanna believe they know everything about everything and that they don't need help in anything. And the irony is that the business that owners build outside of baseball or sports in order to have the money to buy their teams, they view it as 100% applicable. That all lessons they learned, everything they did to start their tech company or their hedge fund or their law firm, whatever they've done, that's, or their real estate firm, that's how they're gonna run their team. Totally different. I've come across more owners in my time who have failed at attempting to emulate what they did that had worked so well and didn't realize it was failing until it was too late. John Angelos gave an interview yesterday where he wanted all of you to know, I really love that you're enjoying this dinner. It's really good food, but you'll never eat like this again. Here comes your main course. Why? Can you imagine the idiocy of telling your fans that we're gonna get rid of our players, either that or we're gonna have to raise ticket prices so dramatically that it's likely no one will buy tickets? Who would ever do such a thing? And then I started thinking, John Angelos is channeling the late Wayne Huizenga. Wayne Huizenga in 1997 owned the then Florida Marlins. He put a team together and he thought that team could win the World Series. Jim Leland was the manager, Bobby Bonilla, the famous deferred comp met, Gary Sheffield, Jeff Conine, Kevin Brown, LeVon Hernandez. During that season, Wayne Huizenga was trying to get a new ballpark for the Florida Marlins. Wayne Huizenga wanted a ballpark next to Dolphin Stadium, which at the time was called Pro Player Stadium. He wanted to build a amusement entertainment area. And he went public, and you can go back and look, it's now 26 years ago, and said, if I do not get public money to build a stadium, I am going to trade all these players. Have a good season. Meanwhile, the Marlins continued to win. They won the World Series. And no sooner did they win the World Series that they had a fire sale. That playbook was put behind glass and was told to all other owners who came after Wayne Huizenga, don't do that. John Henry came into Florida and said, if I can't get public financing to build a ballpark, Wayne couldn't get it, traded all the players, sold the team. John Henry said, if I don't get a ballpark, 
publicly financed. I'll build it myself. That didn't work. That plan was put behind glass and told to all owners, do not do that. No one's done it since. John Angelos looked at the Wayne Huizinga playbook. And you know what, Coca, give me, give me a two-minute side here. I don't need to do this after this many years. It's been 20 years, but I'm going to because, hey, it's our show, and I got the microphone. After I was a part of a World Series winning team in 2003, we got traded Derek Lee, and we didn't re-sign Pudge Rodriguez. That was not a fire sale. We thought we could repeat in 04, and then we loaded and tried to repeat again in 05. Only after two failed years did we reset and have the team that we had in 06 with the best rookie rotation in history. But the playbook, the threatening playbook, that's behind glass. John Angelos took a hammer to that glass and gave the interview yesterday. And people are understandably upset, as they should be. Why is it that he felt this was the time to say to his fans, enjoy this team, but understand that we're a small market? He actually used the words. The hardest thing to do in sports is to be a small market team in baseball and be competitive. Tampa, hold my shorts because everything is stacked against you, everything. It's not gonna be like it was, career Orioles like Brooks Robinson, Jim Palmer, and Cal Ripken Jr. Here's a little nugget for all owners giving talking points. No one expects there to be Robin Younts or Derek Jeters. Those days are over. It is very rare for a player to spend his entire career on one team. Does it happen? Yes. It's the exception, not the rule. It used to be in the early 2000s that we could say that, that we could say, hey, times are changing. Let's root for the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. We understand those of you who love typewriters that switching to a personal computer was a tough switch, but times have changed. The rotary phone is now a relic. We've got cell phones. We're able to email instead of using horses. When there are changes in your environment, they can be hard for some people to understand. There are fans who wish that players would get on a team and stay on the team forever. But deep down, the majority of fans know that's not the case. When the majority of fans know the message that you're trying to give, don't give the message. When you are talking to the press, what you're really doing is talking to your fans, and you're supposed to say things that they are hearing and then using what you're saying to interpret something that they thought differently the way you want them to interpret it. You could call it mental manipulation if you want, or you can call it graciousness, where you're trying to help people understand something that you know they don't understand. You don't need to say that your Hall of Fame Orioles who are career Orioles, that's not gonna happen. He then said, we're going to have to raise the prices here dramatically. And he said, are people gonna come and pay that? I don't know if we're at the limit. I don't know if we're in equilibrium, elasticity, supply and demand. John, 
Let me tell you about a concept in technology right now, which is called on-demand pricing, variable pricing. There are computer programs. There are companies that will tell you exactly the most money you can charge because every team is doing that. There is a market for tickets. How's your season ticket base? How are your walk-up sales? What are your group sales like? You're telling me that you cannot figure out your pricing and your elasticity of ticket demand? It's the number one most important concept to know about your fans is how to maximize your gate revenue. You think airlines, hotels, grocery stores, farmers, anybody in any business, they're all doing the same thing. What is the maximum amount that they can charge the customer and that the customer will still buy the product. That's why I told you in baseball, very similar. What's the minimum amount we can pay the player to get the best result? They do that to you. What's the minimum amount that your boss can pay you to do your job? And who can replace you? What, you think baseball is the only thing with replacement costs? There's replacement costs in your office, maybe even in your household. Why? The core of the Orioles, they're in arbitration. They're just starting. They're great back of the bullpen. If you don't watch them, you should. Cano and Batista, shut down bullpen. You don't have a lead going into the eighth, and this is how you win a World Series. You're likely not to win the game. Cano won't be in arbitration at all till 2027. Batista won't be in arbitration at all till 2025. These players will be paid at the minimum. Henderson, 27. Adley, the catcher, 25. This is their window to win. When you're in a window to win with players who are going to start getting paid more once they get into arbitration. You don't need to have the conversation with your fan base about letting them know that not all the players are gonna be around. You don't need to have it until you are one season away from it happening. The Orioles are not one season away from that happening. The reason why John Angelos was crying poor yesterday is that he thought that was the best way for the public to agree to give him more money for the renovations absurd. When you are negotiating with the public, you posture like I did. You threaten relocation. You've seen the Brewers doing it, the Diamondbacks. Now the White Sox have stood up and said, hey, we got to figure out what we're going to do. Maybe Nashville is going to be the place, but we need a new building. Of course they do. But when your team is as good as the Orioles, the White Sox stink. The Orioles don't. When's the last time you heard the Tampa Bay Rays talk about their stadium situation? They're in the middle of a great season. Absolutely staggering. I'll tell you what's dramatic. The idiocy. Speaking of idiocy. I think we're making progress, Coco, with nothing personal. Because the number of media outlets and the number of listeners who reached out after the Oakland A's released a press release yesterday about hiring a contractor was amazing. I can't believe all the articles who got it wrong. So I want to just help you right now. Top line. 
the Oakland A's have chosen a general contractor to be in charge of building a ballpark in Nevada. There is no company named Mortensen McCarthy. The Reuters article is incorrect. Go check it. Mortensen is its own construction company and it's national based in Minneapolis. McCarthy is a construction company based in Nevada. What you do is you form a joint venture. Mortensen and McCarthy have combined together for the purpose of building a ballpark in Nevada. They are not the same company. Marlins Park was built by a joint venture between Hunt and Moss. Guess what? Hunt National. They beat out Mortensen in the bid. We chose Hunt because Mortensen's fantastic, by the way. We chose Hunt because we were comfortable with who they were putting on the deal, on the building. And we needed them to joint venture with a local construction company. Guess how close you are to starting construction when you hire a contractor. It's mile one of the marathon. You're feeling good, but man, there's a lot of ground to cover. Like the tee shot on a par five. Hey, we can't drive the green. At least most people can't. I have no idea why I used a golf analogy, Coca. It's not even worth keeping. Four, eight, 69. Hiring a contractor way the A's did yesterday is public posturing. It's to show that they're making progress toward a stadium in Nevada. Guess what? It's horse hockey. The quote by the president, Dave Cavill. It's really good. Mortensen McCarthy brings an exceptional level of expertise and experience to our project. Agreed. Their focus on innovation, safety, and efficiency makes them the best in their field. Horse hockey. Everybody focuses on innovation, safety, and efficiency. That's the pitch that the top ballpark construction firms give you. The Raiders project was also built by this joint venture, was a model of tremendous success, including a 31 month construction schedule, industry leading, and this is where it gets good, industry leading workforce diversity that exceeded local, small and women and minority owned business goals. Let me explain how this works. When you get public money, you actually have to sign construction agreements with the public entity. In those construction agreements, which I have, I have this computer that I'm looking at is actually on stadium documents. They're this thick. In them, you negotiate every line. A big negotiation is on the goals for diversity, local business, small business, and women-owned and minority-owned businesses. The public entity wants the project to have that component. The team wants that component to be as low as possible. Why? Not because they're not interested in diversity or women owned businesses or local business, but because certain things in a ballpark cannot be done by local firms. There are specialists in roofs. They're not based in Nevada like they weren't based in Miami. Steel, you can get local plumbers, local electricians. You can even get local concrete. Steel, not local. Business furniture, maybe local. But you negotiate a number 
only after you have worked with your contractor, gone through all of the subs, and there are hundreds of subcontractors who actually do the work of building the ballpark. The contractor is in charge. Nobody from Mortensen or McCarthy actually hammers a nail. They're like the CEO of the ballpark project. They hire subs who come in. They organize when the subs, they do the flow of the construction timeline. Who's doing what, when? Guess what they don't have now? They don't have a design. They don't have a budget. They don't have a bid. They have nothing but a press release. What the A's are trying to get you to believe is that this step of hiring Mortensen McCarthy is an example of progress. I want to see documents because they're all going to be public. I want to see renderings, not the AI crap that they just re-released when they already told us that the renderings are absolute horse hockey, nothing. Fagazi. Yet those are the renderings that accompanied the release. Why? That's not what your ballpark's going to look like. There's no bid on that ballpark. There's no design documents, no construction documents for sure. And here's a little secret, a little hack about budget. You can say your ballpark budget is whatever you want. But if you say it now, you do it without information. Until you get bids by the subs, you'll have no idea what the cost of your ballpark is. And the subs can't bid until they see the documents so they know what the hell they're bidding on. And you can be guaranteed that the Orioles, 4869, you can be guaranteed that the A's will exceed all of the goals in the document because it's fixed the public purposefully puts in lower goals. The team purposefully agrees to the lower goals, knowing that they will be able to exceed those goals. Because one thing that Mortensen and McCarthy already know is who can do what locally, which women-owned firms, minority-owned firms, are able to do what in a ballpark scenario. Then, when you exceed the goals, and I did this, you get to do another press release. We exceeded our goals by gimmel percent. Look at us. It's fixed. I did it. I am not yucking on the A's yum. I don't want that to be the reputation or the takeaway from this segment. What I want you to take away is what's really happening. And what's really happening is panic, fear, loathing all of it in Las Vegas. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to review one of the untold documentaries, and then we're going to talk about Josh Harden. And I feel it's James Harden. Thank you. Coca, you know what? Just wipe it. Just, you know what? Go to break. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. 
Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, everybody. It's David Sampson here. Matthew Koch and I are live every day, 8 a.m., Follow us, subscribe, tell your friends about Nothing Personal. And if you don't mind, go to davidsampsonpodcast.com. I've tried to return some of the emails. They're coming in way faster than I can. I'm reading most of them. Love your questions. Love all the merch you're buying. People are sending me pictures. Email pictures, keep doing that, of you wearing your merchandise. I love that. It is really cool. Coca told me that we are merely two weeks away from our first unveil of something really cool, which means there's gonna be a winner of that contest because one of you did guess what the next release is gonna be and you're gonna be happy and you're gonna buy it. It's gonna be a great fall gift. Someone told me yesterday, Coca, that we have to do these big promotions and coupons around Black Friday that retail stores, online stores and merch stores like this for nothing personal, do 70% of their sales around Black Friday? I don't know, we're doing so great. I, I guess we'll keep going. Okay, Untold, their documentary series on Netflix, and I've enjoyed it, we've reviewed a bunch of them. I watched the Jake Paul Problem Child Untold documentary the other day. I didn't know much about Jake Paul. I've seen the boxing and what he's done. Didn't really remember that he was a YouTube guy. I knew that he and his brother Logan, Logan was the guy who did the new Valley Girl and it would be nothing like the Nicolas Cage, Deborah Foreman, Valerie Girl, uh, Valley Girl, Valley Girl. I think the cat's got my tongue today, Matt, and we're live. Me, 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 la, la. Doing mouth exercises, ready? Ah, up, down, side, left, right. Here we go. Dramatically. Nothing personal word of the day. Today is two, no, hold on. Jake Paul, thank you, Coca. He's quite an entrepreneur. 
what I learned in the documentary and why it's worth watching is that every time we think that someone's crazy, they're crazy like a fox. Jake Paul is playing social media chess and the rest of us are playing checkers. Jake Paul is doing something that I envy. He found a way to get millions and millions of people interested in what he's doing, however asinine it may be. He has found a way to make a boxing career out of nothing. He's not a trained boxer, yet now he is fighting professionally and competing professionally. Is it all an act? Is it all fixed? We don't care. We love the drama of it. We love the vibrancy of his character. He is a character. We have no idea after this documentary what Jake Paul is like when the red light is not on. And you know what? I don't wanna know. I don't care. Because when the red light is on, I'm entertained. Jake Paul problem child. I think you should see it. James Harden is definitely gonna watch all these documentaries. He's got nothing but time. Time is on his side. We did a segment last week, James Harden. Daryl Morey's a liar. Double down, I will never play for that organization again. Triple down, can this relationship be repaired? Absolutely not. Daryl Morey has stayed the course. We're trying to be a championship contender. We're gonna do what's in the best interest of the Philadelphia 76ers. Trust our process. <laughs> there ain't no process going on in Philadelphia right now. Josh Harris, owner of the Commanders taking over for Danny Boy, was on Monday Night Football last night watching his Commanders beat the Ravens who lost for the first time in preseason since 1969. Way to go, Commanders. It's exciting. Josh Harris was, of course, asked about the Harden situation. And he didn't address the most interesting part, which is the NBA's investigation. Adam Silver and the NBA have initiated an investigation into the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden and whether any violations of the collective bargaining agreement have taken place. The investigation is going to try to figure out when James Harden said that there was a lie. The question is, what was the lie? Did the Sixers promise him a deal? Not allowed. Was there any sort of conversation with Harden that was inappropriate and untimely? The 76ers and Harden have gotten together and agreed what their story is gonna be. And their story is a simple one. Their story is that what James Harden was talking about was the lie that if he opted in to his player deal, his player option, that he would be traded. And now he has not been traded. Or in the alternative, the lie is that he was going to get a long-term extension at the max when he had agreed to adjust his contract in order to bring better players and do an Aaron Rodgers. The question is, what actually took place between Harden and Daryl Morey and Josh Harris? Was there a conversation where James Harden was asked to sacrifice 
And did it come with a promise? No, I think not. What I do know is when the NBA or when MLB, when someone is investigating you, while you have to not go under oath, this is not a federal investigation. This is not a grand jury. Management and the player will actually get together and make sure their story is straight. And they will make sure that their story to the NBA is not a violation because a violation would not serve Harden and it would not serve the Sixers. And I'm not talking about some of the tampering stuff that goes on where draft picks are lost, where the Mavericks or the Knicks get in trouble for tampering, whatever the case may be. That's different. This is a situation where you want to make sure that you're on the same page because the player is not signed with the team, not happy with the team. And if the player and the team are on opposite ends and do not have the same story, it's actually gonna have a deleterious impact on both of them. So the commonality of interest is, let's get the NBA investigation out of the way and let's get back to getting me traded. Josh Harris not asked about the investigation. Instead, was asked about Harden and whether or not they will accommodate Harden's trade request. And Josh Harris, not wanting to answer questions about the Sixers as the new owner of the Commanders, Magic Johnson in his ear, texting him and tweeting at him, focus on the Commanders and how great it is. All right, I'll call you back. I'm in Greece with a bunch of famous people. Or maybe it's Capri now. I can't keep track of where Magic is. He's certainly not watching Winning Time. According to many people, no one's watching Winning Time, but I am. I actually like Winning Time. So the way Josh Harris answered the question is, hey, I have to think about a championship contending team and what we can get back. I'd love to convince him to stay. I understand that's not what he wants to do right now, but I'll keep working to resolve it. Josh, you're not gonna keep working to resolve it because you're focused on the commanders and you're sick and tired of James Harden and the distraction that he is. And there's gonna come a point, which already came, where you're gonna tell Daryl Morey, trade his ass. My wait to see stands. James Harden will get his way and will get traded. The Sixers are not gonna go into the season and James, without James Harden or with an unhappy James Harden, knowing that James Harden went unhappy is not gonna help you win a championship. So that wait to see, when I tell you something's gonna happen, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, that one is still in play. The new one today is also about the Sixers and this investigation the NBA is doing. Guess what? There will be no punishment for the Sixers because they've got their story straight and Adam Silver can move right along to the next issue and not have this as a distraction as they open the season on the same day that game seven of the NLCS could happen. Wait to see, no punishment for the Sixers. Nothing personal pick of the day. I hope you took the Mariners over the White Sox. I think that if you just bet against the White Sox for the rest of the year, you'd have a good chance. They absolutely stink. Luis Castillo made a bid to overtake Garrett Cole in the Cy Young race last night. Pitched seven strong. We are now 115 and 114. Our pick tonight is the Dodgers over the Guardians. Now, why am I watching that game? 
because it excites me to watch Noah Syndergaard pitch for the Guardians against the Dodgers and try to shove it so far up their keister, but recognize that he doesn't have the stuff anymore and that he's not as good a pitcher anymore, and the Dodgers are damn good. Bobby Miller is a huge, huge favorite over Noah Syndergaard. The Thor has lost his... Oh, come on, Coca. What's it called? What's the thing that Thor has? Hammer! God, that would have been so awesome. Can you splice that or something? The Thor has lost his hammer. Dodgers over the Guardians. Coke and I met last night via teleconference, and we agreed to a self-imposed vacation. We haven't decided when it's going to happen, but we've decided that we're going to take a couple days off. Maybe in a year. We love doing the show. I like the idea of self-imposing vacations. I like the idea of self-imposing anything because it's so ridiculous. The University of Michigan announced yesterday that they have suspended Jim Harbaugh for three games, self-imposing discipline over his misbehavior and violations. And it ain't just about a cheeseburger. My view of teams and programs, self-imposing punishments, it's a bunch of poppycock. What they're really saying to the NCAA is, listen, I know you guys can't decide what to do, so we're gonna take a page out of the Rick Pitino playbook and many others, and we're gonna jump ahead of you, and we're gonna say, he may have done something he may not, but either way, we're gonna punish him. We're gonna suspend him for three whole games. And by the time you come to your decision, we're gonna get time served, I bet, if anything at all. We still think he's innocent, did nothing wrong, but we're still gonna do it out of our love and respect for the great entity that is the NCAA. Puts a tear in my eye. The three games that they suspended Jim Harbaugh for are against East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. What a great coincidence that he's back for the first Big 16 game of the year against Rutgers. Samson and Coca Law have approached Michigan and volunteered to be the head coach and the head investigator. We believe that we could coach Michigan to a victory in its first three games. We believe that we could get to the bottom of the Harbaugh situation. And Samson and Coca Law firmly believe that we can investigate just about anything the NBA needs investigating. Because all you got to do is pay us money and tell us what you want us to find. And we'll find it. No problema. Why do teams do that? Why? What would be the reason? Makes them look good? Like time served? make you feel like the school cares about the violations. Oh, we had no idea. Our employees are running amok, recruiting violations left and right, plausible deniability. I'm the president of the school. Don't tell me what you're doing. Just do it, wink, wink. We better win. You guys are funding girls volleyball. We all know everything. And if we don't, we should have, and we're responsible. If you wanna be the CEO, the president of a university, the CEO of a company, if you want to get paid and you wanna be the boss, there's a responsibility. 
The responsibility is you have to act a certain way. You have to take the blame for certain things that you may not have done. You have to work your ass off to know. And I am not asking you to feel sorry for your boss. I'm certainly not asking you to feel sorry for me. There's a lot of things that went on that I didn't know about. But whenever I found out, I took responsibility for them. If you're going to be there for the glory, you have to be there for the pain. Harbaugh, recruiting violations, booster money, under the table payments. It happens everywhere. In every business, everyone's trying to get ahead. When you are in charge of something, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility when you're the front facing person in an organization. When you are the one in public, when you're the one with the microphone, when the cameras are on you. Why do you think that people sit around with their hands over their mouth when they're talking? When they go to the mound, even though no one cares, but when they go to the mound, there's Twitter accounts that are trying to read lips all the time. I would sit in the stands talking with my hand over my mouth when we were talking about things that we didn't want people to see or hear. Everybody's looking, especially now. I was thinking about the president of the Spanish League and the kiss that was heard around the world. That was something, wasn't it? Spain wins the World Cup. The guy who's the president goes to congratulate Jenny Hermoso, one of the players, and kisses her right on the lips, Richard Dawson style, and absolutely is properly in trouble. Even though he didn't even realize he did anything wrong. The irony is that claiming it, that that's the norm in Europe is funny. The norm in Europe is the double cheek kiss, sometimes even the triple cheek kiss, but the straight lip on lip, in what world is that how you say hello to someone you don't know? In what world is that not ridiculously awkward? Now, after a date, you have to coordinate, you have to plan. Do you go cheek? Do you go cheek with a little corner of the lip? Do you go closed lip to closed lip? Do you open your mouth a little? Maybe a little tongue? Do you have permission? Do you talk about it first? But when you're in the business world, it's a handshake. And maybe if that is a custom, you can do a cheek kiss or it can be cheek to cheek. But lip to lip. So now it became such a thing he had to apologize. He admitted that he made a mistake. The question is, will it cost him? I was thinking about this today. People have been fired for less than that. If this continues to gain momentum, he may have to resign all for a kiss. I wonder when he goes home at night, thinks about what he did, does he realize? I wonder when anyone gets canceled or gets fired, what they think about. Regret, wonderment, anger, frustration, pity. All I know is when you do something that's self-inflicted, you deserve it. We all have our moments. None of us want to be judged by our worst moments. None of us should be judged by our best moments. We are a compilation of everything. 
and it's hard. When you have a microphone, it's hard when you have a platform and everybody's got a platform. Let's just be careful out there. We'll be back tomorrow. I promise you that. Me and Coca, 8 a.m. live on the Nothing Person with David Sampson YouTube channel. It's just business. This is Nothing Personal.